Welcome to Hempire, presented by C.W. Hemp, a weekly installment dedicated to exploring the non-psychoactive side of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of the American economy, hemp has been used in over 25,000 products, including paper, textiles, construction materials, health food, and fuel. Now, tune in and discover all there is to know about this wonder crop making a historic comeback. Hempire, presented by C.W. Hemp, starts now. Hey, Cannabis Radio listeners, we're back with Hempire, the new section of our show where we explore all things hemp. As you know, I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of the Oxford University Press book, Understanding Marijuana. I also pen the Ask Dr. Mitch column for Good Old High Times magazine. Today's guest is legendary fly fisherman and chief executive officer of C.W. Hemp, the incomparable Joel Stanley. Joel and the other J brothers created the legendary Charlotte's Web hemp products. Cannabis radio listeners know that the first signs of industrial hemp appeared as decorations for clay pots from back in 8000 BC. The mythical emperor Shen Nang supposedly brought medical uses of hemp to humanity in 2737 BC, but a special thanks to my friend Dr. Anthony de Blasi of East Asian Studies here at the University of Albany. Dr. de Blasi explained that there really was no China in 2737 BC, and Shenang is kind of a myth, sort of like our own Paul Bunyan or Johnny Appleseed. Fast forward a few millennia, and hemp became a cornerstone of the American economy. George Washington recorded growing it, and Thomas Jefferson's diary even complained a bit because the plant was a little hard on the slaves. Fast forward again just a couple of centuries to find over 25,000 products, including paper, textiles, construction materials, health food, and fuel. Joel, Jesse, Jared, John, and Jordan Stanley fashioned the medical wonder Charlotte's Web. Named for the patient Charlotte Figgy, this hemp product battles the innumerable seizures Charlotte used to experience from a rare and intractable form of epilepsy. Charlotte's parents had tried literally dozens of other medications to no avail, and each combination created odd and disturbing side effects. But within a single week of using the Stanley Brothers' cannabinoid-rich hemp oil, Charlotte's seizures dropped to literally zero. After several years of using the product, Charlotte continues to experience a 99.9% reduction in seizures. The story of Charlotte's Web gained international recognition in 2013 after good old Sanjay Gupta had him in the documentary Weed. After that documentary aired, families across the U.S. moved to Colorado seeking access to Charlotte Web products. Stay tuned to hear the rest of the story. Joel Stanley, welcome to Empire. Thank you for having me, Dr. Mitch. So you used to be a fluids engineer, and you had another business, and I just would love to get the story for how you and your brothers ended up on this track. Well, that's true. In 2008, I was a fluids engineer in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, working in the oil field, and my older brother had started one of the first dispensaries in Denver, Colorado. This was right around the time that the Obama administration had put out a memorandum basically saying that the Department of Justice was going to at least leave patients alone in states where medical marijuana was legal. And so lots of people were were looking to the industry at that moment in time 
And we started looking at it as well. Believe it or not, at that time, around 2008, I was not a believer in medical marijuana. Some of my brothers were, but I flew out because I had to see my brother's dispensary. You know, this is one of those things you have to see. And, and back then, this was also new that I had to see it. And I flew out and walking through the doors, the first three people that I met were all cancer patients. All of them had fairly similar stories, different types of cancer, two of them balding, typical chemotherapy. And I got to hear their stories one by one as to how this plant was actually helping them. And that was the first time that I was actually sold on it. This really warms my heart because I think it's easy for people to think, oh, you guys were all a bunch of hippies, but it's not really the way the Stanley brothers grew up, is it? No, no. In fact, we grew up in a very conservative Christian community until college. I didn't go anywhere but a private Christian school. So that's where I graduated from high school. Yeah, a little less less um, stereotypical for the industry, I guess. Exactly. So you meet these cancer patients, and that had to be really moving. And what was the next step? Well, the next step for me is I went back to Texas. You know, I was I was employed down there. And I began reading. You know, it disturbed me to see how much this plant could help and that it was still prohibited. I believe these folks. But I started diving into some of the research that's been out there. And lots of people like to act like we don't have any research. And while maybe we don't have enough research because of prohibition, there were still some 18,000, 19,000 peer-reviewed published papers on the topic at the time. So I just began pouring through those. And it blew my mind at what these different cannabinoids found only in cannabis could potentially do for us health-wise. It's phenomenal when you see the antioxidant effects and some of the cellular stuff, but the big picture things just with nausea for cancer-related chemotherapy, improving appetite for AIDS-related wasting, it really sounds like there was plenty of opportunity to do some good. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I ended up calling my brothers, my little brothers, and saying, hey, I'd like to come back to Colorado. I'd like to come back home, and I would like to get into this industry. I think that we have some legal momentum, but I also think that we have the opportunity to actually do something that we would all enjoy. And they all jumped in. So we kind of pooled our resources, not much at the time, built our first grows there at the end of 2008, beginning of 2009, and back then worked under a caregiver model. The state itself didn't have much regulation back then. And we focused predominantly on cancer. And that's really how we got into it. That's an intriguing story. And, man, I, I'm really blown away. Then suddenly something happened so that you guys ended up with Charlotte's Web. What was sort of behind that? Well, back when I was reading, as I, as I mentioned, before I ever grew a plant or even really saw a cannabis plant in cycle, one of the things that was glaring from the research was this compound cannabidiol, CBD. And so really from the very beginning, we were interested in finding this compound. And back then, there was very little laboratory testing available to us, but there was some. They could at least identify whether or not these compounds were present. And so we began collecting varieties and even searching for varieties in specifically feral hemp, wild hemp of Colorado and Kansas. We began seeking these out. When you hear of a plot of wild hemp, you immediately think, what might be there that has been bred out through the black market? Because the black market bred up THC for that desired effect of getting high. Well, 
a lot of these other cannabinoids were just kind of forgotten about or unknown. So we began seeking CBD really in the beginning. But about 2012 is when we really had some varieties that would truly qualify as hemp. They were very low in THC and very high in CBD. We weren't thinking about CBD specifically for epilepsy. I have to give all the credit on that to Charlotte's mother, Paige Triggy. She's the one who really put those links together. We were interested in it for cancer, for anti-inflammatory, and potentially different neurological disorders because of the evidence that it was a neuroprotectant. But February 2012, Paige Figgy got in touch with us. She heard that we were breeding the type of variety she was looking for for Charlotte. And that's really what changed our lives. You know, before that, it was such a difficult industry. You, you, were, you were dealing with changing regulation. It was difficult to keep up with. And lots of people think that everyone was making money hand over fist. Well, if you were doing it right, you really weren't. You were typically losing to stay in the industry. But after meeting Charlotte, after seeing what we could do with this little compound, cannabidiol, CBD, you couldn't pry us off of this industry. You just couldn't. It's the most rewarding thing. Oh, man, it's really moving. Hey, you make the distinction essentially between, oh, darn, hey, hey, as my uh, cannabis radio brother Vivian McPeak would say, we got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. We'll be right back after this message. Hold on for more Empire after you've grown to learn more about our sponsors. Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good plot, that's bad plot. We don't need any of that. The Tommy Chong Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to harvest more crop-tastic content on Hempire, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back with Joel Stanley to discuss some of the development of the high CBD strain Charlotte's Web. So you mentioned the distinction between sort of hemp and marijuana and how the Figgy family 
really spearheaded this work for epilepsy. Can you draw some more distinctions between just hemp and cannabis as we sort of think of it? Yeah, you know, the way that I put it for most folks, we speak to a lot of regulators, legislators that just don't understand the topic. And it's fairly simple. Cannabis and hemp come from the same variety of plant, the same species of plant. And just like dogs, you can have what I have, a a Bernese Mountain Dog, a huge 130-pound dog, or you can have a teacup poodle, the same species of animal, but very different. And the real differentiator between hemp and cannabis is the level of THC, and THC is what we all know is the compound that can get us high. And in order for cannabis to qualify as hemp, it has to grow with less than three-tenths of 1%, 0.3% THC. That's really the only difference there. But hemp can be grown to create so many things, be it seed, for fiber use, for fuels, but also for these minor cannabinoids that are non-psychoactive, like CBD. It's funny because we look back on the 1940s when uh, the Hemp for Victory movement was out there and we were having folks grow these really long stem plants. It doesn't sound like that's really what you guys were looking for for these high CBD strains, though. No, you know, you selectively breed these plants just like many other plants for whatever purpose you're going for. So, uh, so if that's building materials, say, insulation, you're going for a specific type of fiber. If you want it for fiber for shoes or for clothing or for rope, you're going for a specific type of fiber. And we can breed these plants to be strong in those types of fiber. We were breeding specifically for these minor cannabinoids like CBD, and we still are to this day. We continue that breeding project. Oh, it's just a riot. So you end up with relatively large buds and relatively short plants but they just don't have the THC like we see in some of these other strains. That's exactly right. They're typically high in resin production, which is where you find the bulk of the cannabinoids. So they'll look very similar to a marijuana plant, maybe even smell very similar. But they're very different in that you could smoke these types of plants all day long and you're not going to get high. It's a real stellar way to think about it, particularly given the number of children who could benefit. Can you tell me a little bit about the story of the Figgy family and how you guys all got connected? Sure. So Paige Figgy, Charlotte's mom, back in 2012, was at a very desperate moment. Several months before she met us, as Charlotte was having as many as 300, 400 violent seizures every week, she had been through every pharmaceutical option. And to put that into perspective, there's no FDA-approved drug for Charlotte's disease, Dravet syndrome, at her age. There's not one. So everything was experimental, but they had been through all of the pharmaceutical possibilities, and Charlotte was only getting worse. And they were basically sent home and told, make preparations because we don't know how long Charlotte's going to last. This family... Pat and Paige Figgy had signed do not resuscitate orders. They were, they were preparing to say goodbye to Charlotte. And here's this amazing mom sitting up late at night with a child seizing in her arms, violent grandma seizures. And she's going through Google and PubMed finding what else might be out there that the medical community has missed. And she found research going back to the 1850s that certain types of cannabis had been used in Great Britain 
to help a child with seizure disorders. She found Professor Mishulam's research with cannabidiol and seizure disorders. And so this, you know, very conservative family that, that would never think to look at cannabis, uh, you would, you know, they're not an activist family at all. They're not a hippie family, but they were willing to try anything, anything at this point. And she did her research, went through, you know, several different dispensaries. And back then you have to understand there were very few people even in the industry that could pronounce the word cannabidiol or even knew what it was. And so she's going person to person throughout the industry trying to find this because she wanted to try it first. You know, she didn't want to dive into a psychoactive, you know, the devil THC has been taught to all of us. And very few people even, even knew what she was talking about. And through a friend of a friend, she, she got in contact with us. And it's really divine. I, you know, whatever people believe, the universe really brought her to us, brought us to her in order for this to happen. Because we were not looking for this type of thing. We only had eight plants at the time that would even qualify for what she was looking for. And she brought it to us. She had two doctor's note. Her neurologist had signed off, said, hey, it's worth a shot. You know, nothing we've given you is working. And we gave it a shot, and there Charlotte went, 300, 400 seizures a week to none her first week. It's just so startling to have such a dramatic impact so rapidly, and it's heartbreaking to think of a poor child having literally a seizure every couple of minutes, and then to have it disappear. I mean, you almost have had tears in your eyes. That was truly mind-blowing, to be honest. I didn't even know how to take it, and I have to be real honest. I think Paige Figgy knew what was happening. I think she knew that she hadn't changed anything else, but I was very skeptical. You know, I couldn't say, hey, this is the thing that's working, but we might as well keep doing it. You know, and then through a small grapevine of epilepsy families, another child would try it, and it would work similarly, if not better. And after you see 10, 15 of these go through, you start to realize that it's real. And that was mind-blowing for us. And, and that whole story, I mean, now there are, now we're serving, you know, 6,000 families, more than 14,000 people on the whole. And we're still just shocked by it. I mean, this is just a few years ago that this really started. We're still in awe that this plant has this capability for these folks. It's a stellar phenomenon, I, I got to admit. Now, you're up to 6,000 families, you say? That's right. Regularly using Charlotte's Web. And I have to point out, I mean, the Charlotte's Web line of, line of products, named in honor of Charlotte, appropriately, I believe. They're great products. But there are so many excellent cannabis varieties and ratios of different cannabinoids and terpenes that are going to be helpful. So it doesn't stop there. That's why we're still breeding to find out what we can do with this amazing plant, and so are others. And without revealing any trade secrets, can you kind of give us a feel of what that entails? How, how does the breeding really work? We use traditional Mendelian breeding, which is the same way most of our tomatoes come about. It's genetic modification in the way that nature would do it, in a way that our bodies can accept it. You know, this is not like we're you know, pulling a gene from some other species and putting it into the cannabis plant like is done with our typical GMO corn. This is traditional breeding. It's very simple. You cross varieties. You look for the specific traits that you want. 
you isolate those and then you breed them back either to the mother or to other plants with the same traits until you get the desired effect. It's good old cross-pollination like the tall peas and the yellow peas, right? That's exactly right. You just select which pollen you want to breed with which female plants based on the traits that those plants are showing. It's a riot that it's something this simple that in many ways we've known it for quite some time, but it took this novel combination of need and ability to make it all happen. I'm, I'm really blown away, and I'm sure you guys must have put a ton of effort in to make this happen. It's not the kind of thing that just you know happens overnight. This must have taken generation after generation. This took us from the time we began in late 2008 until February 2012, right when we met Paige Figgy. And, you know, at that time, we had just a few varieties of CBD genetics that were even close to non-psychoactive. Now, fast forward four years later, we have somewhere between 40 and 50 that we're currently working with. And then, of course, you know, we can't throw THC under the bus. We're also working with different THC genetics because people need that. It's not just CBD. Sometimes CBD and hemp level THC works well for people. And they're very lucky when that happens because they have better access. But many disease states, many people respond better with higher levels of THC or other cannabinoids. Well, this is just a a wonderful story, and I feel like we're just scratching the surface. So Hempire is going to be our new segment in the show, and we're going to have to get back to you and your brothers and and make this a a real tradition. So, hey, we've been talking with Joel Stanley, the chief executive officer of CW Hemp and a board member of the Realm of Caring Foundation. Joel, thanks so much for being here, and looking forward to speaking to you again. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Mitch. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.